the First World War was a disaster uh, in this area because uh, for two years we had the front here from 1915 uh, uh, to 1916 and a lot of, uh, of uh, fighting was made inside the forest. So even nowadays we find uh, pieces of, of bombs, bullets inside the, the trunks. Welcome to Rosin the Bow, an audio journey through the world of the violin family. Hi, I'm Joe McHugh, and this is part two of a podcast chronicling our visit in 2015 to the Val de Fiamme, high up in the Italian Alps, a mountain region that is known as the Dolomites. The Val de Fiamme is blessed with a unique microclimate that is ideal for growing exceptional wood for making musical instruments. The administrative center for the Panavagio Forest, of which the Val de Fiamme is part, is located in the picturesque alpine town of Cavalisi. That is where I met with the director of the forest, Bruno Crosignani, to learn about the special valley and the trees that grow there. In fact, it was from the valley that Antonio Stradivari purchased the wood that he used for the tops of his violins, violas, and cellos as did many of the great makers of the 17th and 18th centuries. Here then is some of my conversation with Bruno Crosignani. My name is Bruno Crosignani. I am the direct director of the Office of Forests in Cavalese, a province of Trento. Uh, my office deals with the management of uh, the forests in the whole valley of Fiemme and Fassa. Uh, making a, a project of, for cutting, making plans, forest plans, and making also uh, forest works with our own workers. Does your family go, have long roots here in this area? Yes, my family uh, is partly from here. My father comes from the plains of northern Italy, but my mother uh, uh, always lived here, and also uh, her uh, ancient uh, lived here from hundreds and hundreds of, of uh, centuries. Back to the Middle Ages. Yes, yes, in the Middle Ages when when uh, the this uh, valley was uh, had a, uh, uh, its own government. It was self-governed by a local community that uh, took together all the people living in the valley, divided in single villages, but but united in the management of the land and of, of the forest. Would it be like Switzerland in that regard? Uh, yes, there are many examples in the Alps of uh, communities uh, in uh, very dif- uh, distant places from the plains where the, the barbarian invasions couldn't come because the mountains were too steep, difficult to get. So people refused in the mountains and uh, uh, because of the uh, difficulties of the environment, uh, they understood that uh, the common uh, ownership of the land was the only way to survive in such a difficult uh, uh, place. And when did you decide that this was the kind of work you were going to do? Did you fall in love with trees at some point? Uh, I, uh, when I was younger, I thought to become an engineer or a physician, 
but and I went to study high school abroad. And when I was abroad, I understood how, uh, how uh, uh, deep were my linkage with this place. So I, I studied forestry just to, to come back. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the history of the valley and the violin uh, world. The history of the valley, as I, I said, uh, is linked to the population uh, that fled away from uh, uh, the plains in the barbarian times, uh, forming these uh, communities. And, uh, uh, and those times, uh, the forests were very important for uh, commerce. Uh, there were big merchants that came from the Venetian area to, uh, to, to cut the trees. They had uh, big, place, big uh, pieces of forest to manage for 20, 40 years. They cut all together, but they, in, uh, they saw that some of the trees were different from the others uh, because of the sound that they made when they were uh, slipped down, uh, down the slopes. In fact, uh, uh, one of the way to, to understand if uh, a trunk of spruce is uh, good, has good uh, uh, qualities for sound, is how it uh, sounds when they uh, crash one uh, against the other, uh, uh, when they are uh, thrown down the slopes to get to the bottom of the valleys. And uh, uh, the commerce of, uh, of the trunks were made along the rivers. They built big uh, dikes in which they, they concentrated a lot of trunks and the water, and they, they opened together uh, in, in just in a moment, and all this flood went down towards the, the plains, towards the, the rivers, to get to Venice, uh, where it was the, the principal, the main market for, for logs. If you would, talk about the management of the woods over time, going back to this first form of government and how that has moved on through the Industrial Revolution, where factory processes have come in, where trees can be cut and milled, how has this area been unique in managing their forests? Uh, there's been a, a, a strong evolution in the management uh, systems along the centuries. In the Middle Age and uh, even later, uh, as there were very uh, small and difficult roads, the trunk had to be uh, sold and transported to the plains and towards Venice, uh, by water, so they had to collect a lot of wood altogether to make this. So they made very large, large cuts from which uh, even age stands came up. All the trees were the, the, the same age. Uh, afterwards, with improving of roads, the transportation uh, passed from water to, uh, to wheel. And uh, in the 19th century, when this uh, region was under the uh, Austrian Empire, uh, 
with the industrial revolution of the 19th century, the German uh, system of, uh, of uh, cultivating woods came in that was uh, always clear cutting, big clear cutting, but with uh, plantation afterwards. In the old times, they just cut and let the evo natural evolution, but uh, the intensification of uh, forestry led to plantation of trees. That lasted and, uh, until the half of the 20th century, because this system uh, had many defects, especially because we were in a mountain area. The trees planted all the same year, grow all uh, equal, very narrow one to the other. They make shadow one to the other, and uh, the woods were very weak for this reason. Uh, we had a lot of damages from uh, wind especially, and also for, from snow. So the forester adopted in uh, the half, half of uh, the uh, 20th century uh, a system of, uh, uh, in, uh, that so in Switzerland, in the Jura area, that was to uh, re-evaluate the natural regeneration of woods. Because the natural regeneration of forest is a, is a long process which uh, take place uh, little by little in, uh, so that the woods that come up out of this process are not so even. There's more difference between the trees and uh, in, main, in the dominant trees there is the strength of the woods. They are very big and very stable and gives more stability to all the woods. This is the system that they adopted and we use also now we cultivate the woods uh, with uh, um, searching to uh, to help the nature regeneration and also the spruce that was the uh, leading species in the uh, in the 19th century is maintained in the place where it is adapted to the local conditions but in other places it has to be substituted by other species more adapted like uh, beech or or or, or tanne is in german abies uh, alba i don't know the, the name uh, fir fir the part of this forest this great forest that this wood grows in that is particularly good for violins, the spruce. Tell me about that area and how old the trees are there. Were they, were they also clear-cut or how long have they been able to grow? And why do they make a particularly good mm. spruce? Because they, uh, you know, how would they take longer to grow or what are conditions? Because I hear that if conditions are very good for a tree, mm. they don't make very good tone wood. They grow too fast. The, the grains get mm -hmm. far apart. You want them tighter. Yes. So, so tell me a little bit about mm. that. Yes, uh, the features of the wood to become a good uh, wood for violins, a resonance wood, must be, first of all, the regularity of the fiber. There must be not too much difference between the uh, width of the, of the fiber. And also the fiber must not be too large. That means the trees must not grow too fast. Uh, these conditions we have in a, 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 between 
1,400 meters of elevation and 1,800 meters of elevation. In this uh, belt, we have the good condition because the trees don't go too fast. They, they can get very old because they, are, they have not so many enemies like parasites or so, like in the lower woods. And uh, they can get to the diameter so uh, sufficiently big to get uh, the pieces we need. Uh, at a higher altitude, the wood, uh, uh, the forest uh, uh, lose its comp is not so compact. So the trees has too many branches. They are shorter and not no more. They grow very uh, uh, slowly, but uh, too, they have too many branches and uh, uh, they uh, have a, a shape uh, too too small and it's not no more possible to get the good uh, wood. The belt of uh, where we uh, can get the resonance wood is, uh, is, this, is this one. In this belt, uh, there are um, only a very small part of the trees gets the, uh, the uh, features adapt to, to produce uh, uh, resonance wood. We can estimate that no more than one on one percent of the trees uh, are very good to make uh, to this use because uh, it's sufficient that uh, there is some break during the growth or some resin inside or the stem if, if the stem is not uh, straight vertical uh, we have a, 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 the fiber that is irregular so. We can estimate no more than 1% can be good for, for this uh, purpose. And not all, of this 1%, not all the tree, but only one or two pieces at the, bo uh, at the bottom, uh, where we have no more branches. So this gets to be very rare. Yes, it is. And uh, to get uh, resonance wood is um, a matter of, of a continuous uh, selection. That means... When we go into the wood uh, for a normal cut, we have a glance and say, oh, this wood in this forest, uh, uh, there can be some tree that is adapted for, for this purpose. But that's not enough. We must wait until the, the trees are fallen down. Then we can see the, uh, the section of the trunks and we see if it is regular. And we see also uh, how the, the, um, the branches are located on the surface because uh, uh, the resonance wood naturally can have no knot, so no branch. But uh, sometimes we have trees with the branches concentrated in one part of the, of the trunk, so the other part is good. One is to take away, but the other is good. Or if the branches are put uh, in a line, not not irregularly, but on lines, in the middle of the lines, we, ca we you can take out stripes, for example, to make pianos. Pianos needs uh, different wood from, from violins because violins needs uh, a block of, uh, of wood, but short. Uh, to make pianos, we need sh uh, uh, narrower uh, stripes, but longer. So uh, some tree can be good for one purpose and not for the other. Then the, sec the other selection, when the 
chunk is debugged, then you see if the fiber is straight or winding. And this is not, so another selection. This is good, this is not. Then when you cut in the sawmill, you make the boards, and there is another selection. This is good, this is not. It's a, a continuous selection in any passage to, to get to uh, the pieces which can be sold surely to make a, a good violin or a good uh, uh, instrument. How do people get trained to recognize the trees that have that possibility of being mm. resonant wood? It's, uh, there's not a school about that. <laughs> it's a matter of, uh, of practice, which is, uh, uh, um, which passed from one generation to the other. Um, there are some foresters who, uh, who are specialized in that. The foresters who work in the, in the state forest of Paneveggio, there is a long, long tradition there. Uh, so they have the skill to, to recognize the possibility that the tree is adapt, but is only a possibility because afterwards you have to make all that process of selection about which I, I told you. Um, we don't cut uh, the wood uh, with a f um, specific aim of getting uh, of getting um, resonance wood, because the resonance wood is is so. Uh, the percentage is so low that it is not the main economical uh, importance. Resonance wood is important also economically, but uh, I would say mainly uh, for the culture that, uh, that, uh, uh, that appeals. Um, but uh, when we make normal cuts, we can uh, guess that here can be adapted. So uh, there are two different uh, situations. There is the um, province forest, the state forest, in which all the process of selection is made by the foresters and by the first owners. They select the trees, they cut the trees, they select the log, and then they split the log into the pieces for the violins. And then uh, the pieces is sold to the violin makers or to the merchants. Uh, in uh, the other forests, other, most of the forests of the valley uh, belong to the communities. Uh, when uh, the trees are fallen down and uh, the foresters see that could be some possibility to get uh, resonance wood, they contact the merchants, they come and uh, choose the trunk the, the entire trunks and the entire trunks are sold. Then the merchants afterwards will split them. So there are two different. Uh, uh, one is a, a complete process. The other is just the beginning. I see. And when the merchants come, or even a violin maker directly, they most likely are going to split that wood, not saw it. When I, I've talked to some tone wood merchants mm. who say that they much prefer to split the wood with a fro where it naturally splits yes. rather than saw it yes, because the run out, they call it, the, the way the grain runs out, it will run, mm -hmm. will run better for the use. Yes, uh, the, to, to get uh, good uh, quality uh, um, selection, 
the, for making violins and, vi and violas, uh, the trunks must be splitted, not sewn. Because uh, in this way, uh, the break is along the natural uh, fract um, fracture uh, among the, the fibers, and they are not artificially uh, splitted. Um, different is for uh, uh, in case that uh, the woods are used to make uh, pianos, because in that case uh, you have to 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 use the saw. They choose the boards with the center uh, of the tree so that the fiber is always in the in all the the in all the board is parallel parallel uh, and this is uh, required to make long strives to build a piano uh, uh, Sound, yes we have a, a, a um, fac factory here uh, who produce uh, produce uh, piano boards, which is the most important part of the piano because is the one that have to resound that uh, uh, is made is, is make sounding by by the the chords, um, and uh, it there's not many of these uh, uh, factories around the, the world, but one of it which, uh, is here and sends boards, uh, piano boards, uh, all over the world. What was the impact on this whole world of wood cutting, but particularly violin wood, cutting wood for violins, cellos, viola, mm -hmm. the impact of the First World War upon how that worked and didn't work? Uh, the, world, uh, the First World War was a disaster uh, in this area because uh, for two years we had the front here from 19... Uh, uh, 15 to 1916 and a lot of, uh, of uh, fighting was made inside the forest so even nowadays we find uh, pieces of, uh, of bombs bullets inside the, the trunks and every every uh, sawmill has its own metal detector to find where the bullets or, or pieces of bombs are in now little by little they are disappearing but we find we cut trees of uh, 200 years, even 250 years of age. So the World War was 100 years ago. We have still bombs, pieces of bombs inside the, the trees. That is a problem for quality. The Second World War was not very uh, important here. There was not bigger fighting. So uh, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make... Um, damages to the wood. But the first war was very, very heavy for our forests. Was there unexploded munitions in the forest at all? Uh, when I was young, uh, my father was uh, in the army and uh, his uh, uh, work was to make uh, unexploded bombs explode because a lot of tourists coming down from the mountains led all old bombs. Some some were also also very uh, dangerous. So my father took them together, and we went uh, together in an isolated place and make them explode. That was a funny for me, but was the work of my father. Dangerous work. Yes, dangerous work. Uh, 
but if you know how how to manage uh, my father uh, lived <laughs> in spite of that work <laughs> what kind of marketing what pressures for this wood is there is there a great demand now for this wood and can you feel that demand in terms of how the process works here in other words because in China, they're making many, many, many violins in mm -hmm. Romania. So do you find that people are constantly clamoring for more wood from this area? Uh, we cannot say there is a, a special pressure because uh, uh, everything is... Uh, the, man, the first management is always uh, everywhere and always planned. So you cannot go outside uh, uh, what the plans say that can be cut. Uh, about uh, the market of of, uh, of restaurants wood, we have uh, uh, two different uh, situations. There are the single violin makers that come here and choose the, the the pieces that they think are adapted for their activity, and uh, these are those who choose the very very high high quality uh, quality um, woods wood. Uh, then we have merchants. Uh, we have less. Uh, uh, the merchants uh, buy less uh, level, um, lower level quality uh, wood, and what remains normally go to China. Yes. And do you have any kind of legislation that a certain amount of wood must stay? in Italy for Italian makers? Anything like that? No, no, but no. It's not a problem that, uh, that one, no. Needs to be addressed. No, no. And uh, with global warming and other issues that people are now looking at, what are your hopes or concerns for the forest in the future? What do you worry about? What do you hope for? Uh, it's a matter of great, great concern about... Uh, but foresters also. Uh, for the first, the global warmer, for the first of our region, could also be good <laughs> because we are in a cold region and uh, the increasing of, of temperature and the increasing of, uh, increasing of uh, carbon dioxide helps the growth of trees. But uh, this is just one aspect and probably not the main because uh, uh, if the global warming goes on uh, too much, uh, we will have problems with the glaciers, which are going to disappear in all the Alps. In the last 50 years, the glaciers in the Alps have reduced 50%. And also the lower part of the, uh, the lower regions will be too hot, and there will be a big pressure, probably could be a pressure to... Uh, to the less hot regions like ours, people can, that can no more live in too hot uh, places or along the coast if the sea level uh, uh, increase. So uh, these are problems which are much bigger than the increasing of production of, of trees, <laughs> naturally. What about pests, the uh, insects? Yes, yes. Beginning to increase. Uh, our our valley is uh, the higher valley in the in the in the province. Uh, as a, uh, 
an as average level. And in fact, we have little less problems of uh, parasites and, and insects than in other places, apart from one, which is the the beetle of the spruce, which uh, is everywhere. But other, we have less uh, uh, different kinds of uh, diseases to the trees because uh, the, um, the winter is long and also insects and the fungi and so have little time to, to, to develop. And the trees grow slower than the, in the lower areas, but uh, uh, more safe, yeah. like the uh, it's not like it's not so. <laughs> no. In fact, the, the 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 older trees we find at the higher level of the of the forest, at the, uh, about about uh, two thousand meters of elevation, we have trees of three four hundred years of age. We don't find so old trees in the lower parts. About uh, war global warming. Uh, I, I'm just uh, reading a book of uh, uh, Naomi Klein, which is uh, which is an, an environmentalist from Canada, uh, which is uh, very interesting about uh, the global meaning of this uh, uh, increasing of uh, carbon dioxide and increasing of temperature all over the world, uh, and it has is a process that has effects. Uh, no place is safe. While visiting Cavalese, Paul and I stayed at a wonderful guest house that was part of a working farm. Along with a comfortable room at the Piana Restel, we had access to six different kinds of wet and dry saunas and an indoor swimming pool with a painted mural of alpine meadows and mountains on the walls. The Italian government has been promoting this form of agritourism for some time, and, to be honest, we were totally spoiled. On our first evening, for instance, after enjoying a delicious supper prepared by the owners, with many of the ingredients grown on their farm, we stepped out onto the balcony of our room to enjoy a vista of cloud-shrouded mountains as dusk descended upon the valley. It was very peaceful. Later that night, however, I was awakened by the rumble of a thunderstorm moving its way through the mountains. So I grabbed my recorder and a microphone to see if I could capture the intensity of the storm. And as I stood there, holding up the microphone under the eaves of the balcony, I found myself considering how often the trees growing upon those mountains must have experienced the thunder and lightning of similar storms. These were old, slow-growing trees, each two to three hundred years old. Was it possible, I wondered, for the molecular structure of the fibers of these trees to absorb that deep rumble and crack of lightning so that later, when the wood was used to make a violin or cello, a musician might release that power in a moment of creative inspiration. A moment of idle fancy? Well, perhaps. I was just half awake. But listen now for a moment to that thunderstorm, followed by a melody composed by Robert Schumann, and played on a violin made by Antonio Stradivari in 1715. The violinist is Frank Almond, and the top of the violin was carved from a piece of tight-grained spruce that for over 200 years grew in that very valley high up in the mountains.
As I produce this podcast, Donald Trump is president of the United States. For communities, big and small, in different parts of my country, who wish to manage their natural resources in a sustainable way, well, this poses something of a problem. The members of these communities believe that they should have the right to decide what happens to the air they breathe and the water they drink, how their minerals are mined, and their forests are maintained and harvested. But that's not always the case. Often a small number of individuals and corporations who wield influence in the nation's capital are the ones who get to call the shots. Nor are these tensions over the exploitation of natural resources limited to the United States. They exist in many parts of the world, and the Val de Fiemme is no exception. We are in an autonomous province, autonomous province of Trento. The autonomy of this uh, province, like the one of Bolzano Northern from here, derives from uh, the uh, Second World War, uh, because up to the beginning of the uh, 20th century, this area was in uh, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire and has a, uh, a tradition of uh, of. Uh, self-government, of of long-term government, and uh, the presence in in this part of the Alps of a lot of uh, self-government communities came also from the uh, Middle Age. So after the Second World War, uh, the Italian government recognized that uh, this area, like also uh, some other in Italy, had a specific culture, specific history that... uh, uh, led to give autonomy uh, to this area. This area is, has uh, got its autonomy also because in this region, the whole of the region, two languages are spoken, Italian and German language. And this uh, make it a, a, a particular uh, feature in the, inside the Italian state. This autonomy uh, has to be conquered in any case, day by day, because there is always an attempt from the central government, like all the central government tries to limit the the autonomy of regions, but uh, we try to to uh, to maintain and to increase it, because uh, autonomy uh, means also responsibility for the management of the land in which you live. And the survival of the people who live there. Yes, naturally. Their decision, right? You have a program where musicians come up occasionally, very well-known musicians, might even play a concert in in the woods where this great spruce grows, where Mm -hmm. Stradivari once came. And then they can pick a tree, if I understand that, and the tree is left to grow. Could you explain that program a little? Yes. uh, As the... um, this area is well known in the music world for the violin production. Uh, it has been sho- chosen uh, a piece of, uh, of the forest with very beautiful trees uh, as a, a symbol of, uh, of uh, the importance and of the link that exists between music and wood. And in this forest, every year, a tree is uh, given um, symbolically to a famous musician who can came here in this forest, 
choose one of the trees, the one uh, he likes more, and that becomes its own trees on which a, a label is, is uh, placed, and that is uh, its own trees. And in this wood, uh, concerts also are made. And then once they have picked this tree, does that tree just continue to grow? It's yes, not yes. He, cannot, he will not take it away. <laughs> but he knows that there is a tree, his trees, near the trees of other famous musicians. Do you have some of the names of some of those musicians? Um, Brunello, uh, Uto, Ugi, Uto Ugi also, and uh, Japanese musicians. I, I am not an expert in uh, music, music, so I, the names uh, are not uh, on my CD. Gitlis, uh, Daniel Hoop. I'm an old-time country fiddler, folk fiddler. That's what I play. Folk uh, fiddle, yeah, I play, I see. But I play folk mountain music uh, folk. from Appalachian Mountains. Can I pick a tree? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, cannot pick a tree, but you can take this one. Uh, I, I give you this uh, piece of, of wood uh, from which... Uh, uh, this is a raw material that is waiting for a small a little Michelangelo to take a violin out of this. For me? Yes. <laughs> Grazie. Uh, thank you. And this would be, you, you I, could make a violin from, I could make a violin from yes, this yes, piece. From this, Both, yes. yes, this is, was split by, by David Morse from California with the, uh, here in this place. And uh, it was let here to dry because it's very good uh, climate to dry. Uh, he dried for some years, and now it is good uh, to make to to get a violin. If you, <laughs> I'm thrilled. <laughs> this is so nice. Thank you, Bruno. Uh -huh. Thank you very much. After I interviewed Bruno, Paul and I were offered a tour of the Val de Fiemme by the chief forester Giuliano Zuliani. Since he speaks only Italian, an interpreter joined us for the tour. Her name is Elisa Varesco. We began our conversation inside a large shed surrounded by billets of spruce tonewood. Mi chiamo Giuliano Zuliani, sono un ispettore forestale del corpo forestale della provincia autonoma di Trento. So he was born in Primiero in the Dolomites. And so he lived in Trentino all his life and is part of this um, Forestale, which is the forest police, we can say. And he is uh, responsible for this uh, um, resonance wood here in the Paniveggio forest. Cos'è questa sala? Noi adesso ci troviamo in questo locale, uno dei due locali. So this room is one of the two rooms that they use for the storage of this uh, wood that um, uh, will be uh, the resinous wood. And uh, lutist or uh, lutarist, violin makers come from all over the world here to choose the, the wood to make their violins. So can they come and purchase the wood right here, or do they purchase it from someone else in town? Li comprano direttamente qui. Sì, li comprano direttamente qui. Anzi, la nostra filosofia di vendita è che facciamo la vendita. So they only sell here. You can only come here and 
touch the wood and choose the wood and see where it was grown uh, to build your violin. So they don't uh, send uh, yeah, post or something else, your mail. Uh, you, if you want to buy here, you have to come here and see the whole story of the wood you are going to buy. Il colore della puntina che ha messa sul, sul, la tavola di legno. So he says that the, the color that we see on these dots on the, um, on the wood uh, represents the year when the tree was cut. So uh, the violin maker can come here and find the information that he wants to know about how long the, this wood has been seasoning. For example, the red color means 213. So it means that this wood is two, uh, two years. It's been seasoning for two years. Are these over here uh, for necks? Well, they wouldn't be, they're spruce. What would this wood be for? Questo anche a Betterosso, questi pezzi di legno servono per costruire le catene e l'anima del spruce. It's still spruce fir, spruce pine. And uh, these pieces are used to uh, build the small parts of the violin, uh, like it says the soul, I don't know if you say this uh, in English as well, which is the small parts uh, in the violin mm -hmm. to uh, create the, the music, the resonance. We, we would call that uh, the soul would be the sound post, the piece of wood from the top to the back. Sì. L'anima da loro è sempre il pezzo che dà in cima va fino alla cassa sì, armonica. L'anima trasmette le vibrazioni dalla tavola armonica che è la parte costruita con l'anima. The, uh, the sole task is to um, transmit the vibrations to the, the instrument and create the harmony and the music. È una parte molto importante dello strumento. Quella a seconda dove viene posizionata all'interno dello strumento può dare. So the is very important. The soul is very important because he says that it brings the instrument to life. Because uh, the violin maker has to do a lot of work finding the very um, special point where to put all these pieces to create the music. If he would tell the story about the fellow that comes and puts the cello against the tree and plays, and then you'll interpret it, if you would. Se può raccontare ancora la storia di Brunetto che appoggia... Brunello, scusa. Qui a Paneveggio, in Trentino, nella foresta di Paneveggio, in Trentino, eh, più volte è venuto il grande eh, violoncellista Brunello. He was talking about this musician, Italian musician, that came here in Trentino, Paneveggio, uh, Brunello. He, he plays the cello and he says that uh, he was here once and played with the instrument literally put on the tree. And he said that he received all this energy that from the 200-year-old wood of the cello um, in contact with the uh, alive tree, the alive plant, uh, that listens to the music that this cello makes, uh, he feels this energy 
and this um, harmony that he cannot find anywhere else, just here, um, getting in touch with the, uh, the young plant and the cello. Eh, sì, la, la, come la foresta è famosa per il suo legno, per eh, strumenti, per eh, strumenti musicali. E anche... um, the Paneveggio uh, forest is known because uh, many musicians came here to perform just here in the woods. And it's also because uh, um, we want to recreate the connection between the nature and the people. Also the tourists came, come here and they no longer want just to come here and have a walk in the mountains. They want something deeper. They want to bring some, um, some feeling at home. Uh, and they find this uh, um, being here and during these concerts that we organize in the woods, they can uh, really enjoy this forest and these trees. We talked at lunch about how there is this longing a spiritual longing, really, mm -hmm. in people. And in America, people have said that our great forests and our great parks are our cathedrals. We were just in Venice, and every time you turned around, there was this marvelous basilica or Duomo. 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 In America, we don't have that, and our forests are. And I think that um, people coming here could regard this man and the people that he works with as almost monks who are the caretakers and who make sure the performance the organist plays here but that see that it's kept safe and see that it's kept sacred what's his thoughts on that okay, loro sono stati a Venezia e vedono queste grandissime cattedrali e parlando proprio è un esempio bellissimo eh, noi non andiamo in chiesa a pregare andiamo in bosco perché eh, per noi eh, tutto quello che ci sta attorno è vita. Eh. He totally agrees with this uh, sentence because he says that uh, they don't go to church to pray, but they pray in the woods because uh, even if he enters the wood 100 times a year, 100 times a month, 100 times a week, every time is different because of the light that is different during the day. Uh, his uh, feelings are different during the day. And uh, every time he enters the wood, he gets uh, a new emotion. And he gets uh, really, mm, he gets in contact with life. So they're not like um, monks, he says, but they're like prayers, that they enter the woods to pray. And tell them, we are very thankful they are here doing this. È molto grato di essere qui a fare questo. Anche per noi accoglierlo è molto possiamo dopo fare un piccolo giro in bosco per cui We would love to take you for a walk in the woods and see the real cathedrals. Oh, I'd love to. Qua adesso ci troviamo in questa parte del bosco, qua è una delle parti più fertili del bosco. So we are here in this part of the forest and here the plants are the tallest of the whole forest and they can be uh, taller than 50 meters. They, they're more than 200 years old, so they would be perfect for violin making, but we only can know this when the plant is cut and the violin is being built. 
50 metri per una bete rossa è un'altezza eccezionale. Non è la bete rossa If non a è come la spur spine uh, grows taller than 50 meters, it means that it's very healthy and the ground is very healthy because it's not so common for a spur spine to grow this tall. Queste piante che hanno più di 200 anni hanno vissuto la The only th thought that these trees have seen uh, the French Revolution and the First and the Second World War and uh, the um, Vienna Congress and all the concerts uh, uh, and they're still living, it's an amazing fact. Battere sulla Battere pianta non ha un significato ben preciso anche perché per la conoscenza per la conoscenza So this uh, tapping the, the tree is uh, one of the features that make you think that the plant is healthy but it's not only this uh, it doesn't have a, a special meaning it's just to verify the health of the plant and um, but we only know the that the plant is healthy when we cut it qui possiamo anche vedere che è un bellissimo esempio We can see the life that a tree represents because we see uh, this uh, tree that is dead now but even if it's dead uh, it is a home for all the birds that can live on the on this tree and can build uh, their nest on these trees Tanto la pianta viene utilizzata da viva It's the same thing with the spruce wood it has to be alive to be used for the violins because uh, when the tree is dead um, some insects can enter the wood and destroy it and disturb it. Our tour ended with a conversation on a narrow bridge that spanned a waterfall. It was a great way to say goodbye to the Val de Fiemme. Hey. Il legno fino a fine del 1800, il, il legno, tutto il legno che usciva dalla uh, Until the end of the 1900, uh, the Val di was not so easy to reach by car or by, you know, means. <laughs> yes, by horses. So uh, they had to create these dams in the rivers. And then, uh, in this way, they could, with the energy of the water, they could transport the wood to the, to the cities, to the southern cities. And ask him how they knew the wood that came from here in Cremona, by the quality, what he had said earlier. Quello che ha detto prima riguardo la qualità del legno che riconoscevano, la qualità del legno che veniva da qua. Sì, sicuramente la qualità del legno delle nostre foreste è The violin makers in Cremona or Venice they recognize the wood from Val di Fiemme because of its quality because of it was uh, elastic and uh, light and um, it grew very regularly so the an expert can see these things in the wood and they were after these things to build their violins Ask him how people now come here to Whitewater Raft or Kaya. Di parlare del perché le persone vengono qui per fare rafting e altri sport così come la canoa. 
Beh, soprattutto perché il, il torrente in questo periodo è ricco d'acqua. Many people come here uh, to do rafting because of the, the energy of the water in these small waterfalls and uh, also because of this panorama because it's amazing to do rafting here because so yeah many people come here to do this kind of sports Puoi dirle che eh, noi da, da parecchi anni facciamo non è più un esperimento to reproduce the travel of the woods from the Fiume Valley to the cities uh, some woods are um, are left here in the river for some months just to vibrate with the with the water and uh, violin makers uh, look for this kind of um, wood because it becomes lighter and it vibrates naturally because it does vibrate for so many times for with the water tu che suoni il violino sai che un violino nuovo bisogna che eh, suonarlo per parecchio tempo prima che You surely know that a new violin uh, requires some time to, to get the perfect harmony. So if the wood has, le has been left uh, to vibrate with the water, uh, this work has already been done because uh, it does vibrate non-stop with the water. So you can already reach the perfect harmony with a new violin. In some places, they would take newly made violins and hang them in a bell tower and leave them up there for a year. And the ringing of the bells would vibrate the wood before they put the finish on. Uh, in alcuni posti, i violini nuovi sono lasciati ondeggiare all'aria per tanti anni apposta per ricreare questa cosa che li lasciano vibrare con l'aria. In quel caso è l'aria che lo fa vibrare, nel nostro caso è l'acqua. It's amazing that we can use these natural energies to, to forge these uh, instruments instead of the work of the man, which is man-made, it's not natural. In part one of this podcast, I mentioned that this past October, a series of fierce windstorms knocked down many of the spruce trees in the Val de Fiemme. Since then, the community has struggled to save as much of this precious tone wood as possible before mold, insects, and rot render the wood unusable for the making of musical instruments. You can help with this important effort by donating money to a special crowdsourcing campaign that will enable the community to hire additional workers to remove the logs from the forest and to rent space where the wood can be properly stored and seasoned. And the best part, is that the money will be repaid to the donors when the wood is eventually sold, or they will send you its equivalent value in top-quality spruce tone wood. You can learn more about the campaign by visiting the website www.cresafiemme.it for Italy. There is also information and a link on the podcast page of the Rosin the Bow website. Thank you for listening to Rosin the Bow, an audio journey through the world of the violin family. 
We would like to thank the kind people with the tourism office of the province of Trentino. They helped us in so many ways, and we are most grateful. Rosin the Bow is produced in the studios of the Raven Radio Theater with additional help from our daughter, Emily McHugh. Our theme music was arranged and performed by the string quartet, The Fretless. To learn more about this podcast and to listen to additional podcasts, please visit our website, rosinthebow.org. As I deal with the hustle and bustle of the modern world, I sometimes think about those special spruce trees growing in the Val de Fiemme. They are friends with time and can speak to us of that friendship through a special language called music. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and will join us again.